Fuck the space, Bert. Fuck the space. So, I was a little apprehensive to, to check this movie out, because you guys be hyping shit up on Netflix, the, like the Netflix originals. I mean, between Bird Box, 13 Reasons Why, You, Narcos Mexico, fucking Tiger King, y'all, y'all, you're not to be trusted. Needless to say, uh, I still wanted to check out Marriage Story. It comes out as a flat 8.0 on IMDb, and course centered around marriage and relationships so i'm on board to that degree i'll give you guys my overall rating and first impressions of the movie for those of you that were thinking about seeing it but were kind of on the fence such as myself and that way you can go maybe watch it because after this i'm gonna get i'm gonna get with the shits we're getting with the spoilers audio clips all the all the fun shit and then at the end, we'll get into some IMDb facts. Um, this, this movie was good. It's good. Um, I do reaffirm that, that 8.0 rating that IMDb gives. Uh, it's really good. You know how good it was? I forgot how much I hate looking at Adam Driver. And any movie that can make me forget that, you know, that, that that's worth noting. Uh, it did win an Academy Award for Best Leading Actress with Short Hair. No, just kidding. It actually won Best Performance for Supporting Actress, Laura Dern. Which, meh, take your awards or you could get them, I guess. But but no, it's it's good. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I, I recommend it to pretty much anyone, especially during quarantine where you're probably just knocking out the fucking watch list on Netflix. What I would recommend before going into it just to get you in that state of mind and the movie's kind of structured this way to maybe get you to choose a side whether it be the husband or the wife and i would recommend trying to see everyone's every character that is point seeing their point of view because right off the bat you're gonna pick someone and you're like okay i really feel for this person maybe i relate to them and i, I really really just encouraged you for viewing experience maybe even on the second time try to see everything from the other side of that and i think that's that's really helpful as you're watching just to just to learn learn and and pick up everything that the movie's actually putting out there because it can get really easy to just pick a side and then just talk shit the whole time but all right let's let's just get to it there's a there's a lot of heart-wrenching scenes uh, in the movie and I'll, I'm going to be going over my favorite some some key ones uh, it, it starts out early they're still in the middle of separating so they're still living together and you know as big of a cliche as it is everyone talks about communication 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 and it, the only reason it's a cliche is because it does matter in any relationship that you're trying to be engaged in, whether it's romantic, platonic, professional, whatever, communications keep. So they have this scene, they're in the living room, they're talking after uh, a play that they had just put on. And she's talking about how she's doing a, a TV pilot, 
she's she's shooting it she's hoping it gets picked up she's really excited and she's asking her husband about it and he says well you know how would i know i never watch tv and they show her glance to the living room tv as it's on as he's actively watching it so she just thinks what she thinks and then just goes on with her life when really she could have addressed that and he could have said oh i just have it on while i'm going to bed or this and that and it's just those little things that can build up and just cause problems just lead to whatever the fuck and at the end of that scene he gives her a little note about her her acting performance that she gave in the play and he said that he could feel that she was trying to push for emotion on stage and she says well you know I, I just have you know I can't cry on stage I always have a hard time with that and then it ends she goes to bed he's sleeping in the living room and she goes to bed and she just she just sobs quietly which is so powerful to me because she can't push for emotion on stage or show emotion on stage but then she goes and cries silently to herself and it just reminds me that you know the people that we think or they have this image that they're really stoic and unemotional sometimes they could be more emotional than all of us and that's that's what that reminded me of so the movie carries on this is where things get start getting a little frustrating because then the goddamn fucking lawyers get involved and you're gonna hear me bash lawyers a lot during this episode but she she goes to hire a lawyer um a nice, well-known attorney in L.A., played by Laura Dern, the, the, that won the Oscar. I, I don't know if everyone picked this up, but to me, she just seems like a female scumbag. Like, I get attorneys, it's their job to to take on clients, appeal to their, their human nature, and win cases or everything, but it just... To me, it just seems like she just loved the thought of taking on women clients in a divorce and, you know, evening the score, so to speak, for for her female clients via divorce settlements, whether it be with custody, cash, you know, whatever. Yes, to be honest, all the problems were there in the beginning, too. I just went along with him in his life because it felt so damn good to feel myself alive in the beginning, I was the actress, the star, and that felt like something. You know, people came to see me at first, but the farther away I got from that and the more acclaim the theater company got, I had less and less weight. I just became who? Oh, you know, the actress that was in that thing that time, and, and he was the draw. And that would have been fine, but... I got smaller. I realized I, I didn't ever really come alive for myself. I was just feeding his aliveness. And, you know, he was so smart and creative. It, it was fine. You know, I would tell him things at home in private and they would work their way into public conversation into his work and 
for a while, that felt like enough. I mean, I was just so, so, so flattered that someone like him would, would find an idea I had worth trying or a comment I made worth repeating. And, and then I got pregnant. And I thought that having a baby could be ours, could really be ours, but also really mine. And, you know, he was so excited. <laughs> so it was nice. But for a while, my kids, they, they belong to themselves. It's like the instant they leave your body, it's just the process of them going away. And I didn't belong to myself. That's a, a, a clip I liked a lot. I like watching it. And if you've never seen the movie, she's talking to her prospective lawyer in there where it sounds like she might be venting to a friend or confiding in a friend. But that is that conversation is taking a play in an attorney's office. And, she, you know, she says a lot. She says a lot. And I think it goes back to communication. I mean, she has that big line where she feels like she wasn't doing anything for herself and she was just feeding her husband's aliveness and you know you got to wonder about communication like it did did they ever speak about that did she ever share this as soon as she found out it was a problem or did it just build up into this huge fucking moments where they're getting divorced and hiring lawyers and all this crazy shit the whole time i was thinking they don't need lawyers they they had even agreed before there was ever a problem to not use lawyers and it that seems like the way to go for me and you know this movie uh yeah just reaffirms that another big overlying theme of the movie is that kids really fucking complicate things Although it seems obvious, it doesn't always seem to be treated that way. Is that you know when you have a kid with someone, it should be shouldn't be taken lightly. It should be taken seriously, and you know we just see it throughout the whole movie. Neither neither characters are money hungry or really vindictive, but you know they'll be damned if they they split up and one of them gets doesn't get the time that they feel they deserve or that they want with. With their, with their son that they have, their only son, Henry. And and man, we see that. And I think Louis C.K. Uh, sums it up right here in this clip. It's really the kids that do you in. As a man. We have two kids. That's fucking stupid. Don't do that. Because you just... It also, it mainly what it does to a marriage, it just changes the way that you think about your spouse. Because when, you, when you're married, when you first get married, you have a relationship that's so important to you and you're working on it together. But then you have a kid and you look at your kid and you go, holy shit, this is my child. She has my DNA. She has my name. I would die for her. And you look at your spouse and you go, who the fuck are you? You're a stranger. Why do I take shit from you? <laughs> it's, it's fucking hard, man. It's, it's fucking hard. It's a big decision. It's very profound and unique love that that you seem to have once you once you have a child so the movie goes on and we just the movie does a good job bringing to life perspective issues with with the separation you know of course leading up to a divorce and so hard to split custody and you know whether we like it or not the kid will be more comfortable with one parent over the other so i don't know there's all, there's all these scenes with the dad charlie the fucking two halloweens and 
he's going back and forth from New York to LA, going through the separation the whole time he wants to spend time with his kid and when they do it's not it's not optimized and he's, he ends up getting frustrated with the kid and it's, it's so it's so fucking hard and uh this, this movie stressed me out and i'm not i'm not really stressed out by movies i i can usually watch them and enjoy them and appreciate the fact that they're usually fictional characters that i'm watching on the screen it has nothing to do with my fucking life but this one this one got me a little bit movie goes on they're having a meeting in Nicole's lawyer's office and they take a break for lunch and Charlie he's looking at the lunch menu everyone's looking at him waiting to order and he can't decide and then Nicole whom he's divorcing gets it for him and then makes his order for him and it's just like it's a little shit like that that I pick up on and it's just little nuances that are put into a movie that put them over the edge from from good to to great and it's very memorable and real but my heart broke regardless shortly after that scene we we go into another one where charlie has a sidebar with his attorney at the time and we we get a, a a really profound look at what's driving charlie during this whole thing if it hadn't been made apparent up to this point Remember, the win is what's best for Henry. And if you guys go to court, he's going to get pulled into it. But if he stays here and I stay in New York, it's just that I won't... I'll never get to really be his parent again. It'll be different. It won't exist. So maybe you move here. You heard what Amir said about the space. Fuck the space, Bert. Fuck the space! I'll do whatever you want me to do. But this is my advice. I've seen these things go on and on. And the burden of these battles is immeasurable. I had a client get colon cancer and die before he and his wife came to agreement. What about filing in New York? It's too late. And even if you did, I don't think it would matter. They're being reasonable financially, you know. You're, you're lucky they didn't ask for half your grant money. She wouldn't do that. She knows I put all that money back in my theater. If this continues, she might. The actors and crew all rely on that money. A court would never agree with this, right? Whether they do or not, it'll cost you half your grant money to go to court and prove it. I feel like a criminal. But you didn't commit any crime. Doesn't feel that way. If we give on L.A. right now and then try to make the best deal possible, I think we can get her to give on other fronts. There are no other fronts! This is the thing! He needs to know that I fought for him! He'll know. So, you know, obviously a a big and emotional scene where, you know, things are just really complicated when it's not about money. You know, because he's saying, I don't give a fuck. Like, the money I do have isn't mine. It's spoken for. He, you know, he just wants to see his kid and ugh, fucking hate it. So the the attorney, of course, you hear in that clip is the first lawyer that Charlie hires. But he kind of wants to up the stakes. He's tired of getting pushed around during during all the court hearings or whatever. So as he puts it, he goes out and hires his his own asshole, quote unquote. So there's something of a of a turning point in the in the film, I guess as I see it, where they have a hearing, like a like a preliminary hearing or something, and 
it's it starts to dawn on the viewers of the movie maybe even the characters that the attorneys it's it's just a job for them maybe even somewhat of a sport charlie shows up with his newly hired attorney and he happens to be a colleague of nicole's attorney and they they're talking before the hearing like just like they're the best of friends or whatever like this isn't anything for them and then nicole looks down at the binder left on a a bench next to her by her lawyer and she sees that the binder is simply labeled with a case number not a name or anything so you know that clip i played you earlier where she's pouring her heart out that's what that amounted to was a case number it's just a nice moment of realization for her and and, and even for us as i said but uh man listen to these this fucking knife fight between these vultures Nora, I like how you refer to Charlie's theater as a ramshackle downtown dump when you're arguing custody. But when you want more money, he's a big, rich, genius Broadway director. You can't have it both ways. Really? Why not? And whether you think it's fair or not, Jay, the first monetary installment from the MacArthur grant was put into a joint marital account and thus became community property. Fuck, put that so money in a joint account? There's not going to be anything left anyway. I'm using it all to divorce her. Nora, I have to say that your account of this marriage takes place in an alternate reality. <laughs> By suddenly moving to L.A. and insisting on an L.A. residence, Nicole is withholding Henry. Counsel, please Alienating him from his father which has turned Charlie's world upside down. It Counselor. amounts to an ambush. Withholding, Jay? Really? Alienating? All right. Well, those are fighting words, and it's simply false and does nothing to further this settlement. Your recap of this situation is outrageous. And although California is without doubt a no-fault state, it bears mentioning in the accurate recap of this situation that Charlie had had extramarital affairs. An extramarital affair. Do you really want me to go there? Yeah, let's go there. OK. Nicole has admitted to hacking Charlie's computer and reading his emails, which, if proven, is a felony. And, Nora, I don't think you'll be too happy if I ask Nicole about her alcohol consumption in the evenings. What? She confided in Charlie one night recently, having just carried Henry to bed, that she was having trouble standing while walking down the staircase. And from what I understand, this is not an isolated event. So you let me know, Nora. We'll go there as needed. Charlie, can I ask you, how do you expect to have more time with Henry when you don't exercise the time you already have and exercise it responsibly? On a recent visit to Los Angeles, after failing to call, text, communicate in any way, shape, or form, Charlie finally arrived two hours late to pick up Henry at Nicole's mother's house. At that point, the car seat, which he had assured Nicole had been professionally installed, was clearly not even belted in. It was just sitting in the back you seat. You have to buckle in the car seat. It's I know the law. That. I thought the car rental place. No, they can't do it. It's I a know liability. that now. Once we discovered that, we fixed it. And it's just, you know, they sat through what we watched, and it's just like this is fucking too much. They do end it with the lawyers, but it was like I said, it was a nice turning point, and. They they decide. Well, let's let's try to work it out as ourselves, as we always said we would. But that leads to the the infamous fight scene. And this fight, this it it chokes me up a little bit, which you know that's not fucking hard to do, but you know it does it anyway. 
it's it's pretty intense and it's it's, it's heart wrenching and and real and it's it's really captured and then when you hear how much work went into it, you it just makes you appreciate it that much more. I mean, we're talking no dialogue or moments of hesitation are improvised in the scene and this is 11 pages of script that they're going through so that's that's how meticulous it was when it was written and and performed like adam driver scarlett johansson they do fucking amazing job goddamn adam driver had to punch the wall 15 times because of the multiple takes and the director, Noah Baumbach, he would give notes to Scarlett and Adam separately, sometimes in secret, so that when it would appear in the next take, the other person receiving it, the other actor or actress, when they heard it, they were kind of taken off guard, so you just get that real feel to it. But, you know, like all things, the the scene ends, and I honestly think they, they grew closer as people after that because obviously they weren't trying enough dialogue while they were actually married or not separated or any or anything before this so i think they got they got a lot out that was that was pent up throughout their throughout their relationship and after that there's there's this fucking scene where charlie has to be observed by like a, a social worker or something and she observes charlie and the son henry just hanging out having dinner and i i can't i can't fucking imagine that just you know parenting is hard enough without someone sitting in the room that you can't interact with just scrutinizing your every movement movement or word or anything that you're having with your kid your interactions but they they have dinner and they're talking and there's a you know some comic relief where charlie accidentally <laughs> cuts himself with this fucking keychain box cutter but that that scene happens the movie winds down with uh, some musical numbers which you know they're very meaningful for the respective characters but i'm just not cultured enough to enjoy them so i didn't and after the music numbers and the rest of the movie and everything we've been dragged through and the highs and the lows and the laughs and the cries everything resolves and we get this nice moment at the end where it's Halloween again and there's still two Halloweens but there's a lot more coordination cooperation and we just get this really nice glimpse into co-op parenting and just how it's possible and how you know, with between kids being born out of wedlock and divorces, divorce rates being what they are, you know, that co-parenting might be the new norm. So we just get a look at that and it's real nice. All right. So let's, uh, let's roll into some IMDb facts. The movie is actually based off of the, the writer director's, uh, his, his own personal divorce experiences, Noah Baumbach, which is interesting. I always, I always wonder about that because when we don't, obviously we don't know the writers or directors personally, usually, 
so when we see it, we just see, oh, that's, you know, a cool movie or whatever. But when it's personal for them, I mean, they have their own friends and family. And I have always wondered what it would be like for them to see it in in the movies. And apparently, uh, the director's ex-wife loved it and, and wept when she was when she was allowed to screen it after it was after it was finished um the attorney that nicole hires characters nora is loosely based off of laura wasser a celebrity la attorney that scarlett johansson and the director both hired for their own divorces and just think of the slimy ass concept of a celebrity attorney. Ugh, that's fucking America, man. Another cool little tidbit is that, and, and this is what makes filmmaking filmmaking, and it probably it's these kinds of aspects that goes over the, the average viewer's head, including my own, but the theme of theater is rolled into the movie. So there's certain scenes where it's supposed to feel like you're watching a play. There's specifically in Nicole's mom's house, they move in and out of rooms that are connected like it's on set. And you're just supposed to get that that theater feel to it. Which of course the main character, Charlie, is is a theater director. As suggested by Adam Driver, the actor himself which I thought was a a cool little fact. And this is actually the first film to be distributed primarily by a streaming service, of course, fucking Netflix, to win an Academy Award in an acting category. Which, you know, that's, that's not nothing. You know, you have fucking... Netflix and Hulu and now Apple's in the mix and everyone make is making their original movies and content but you know eventually these movies are gonna have to stack up against against the the, the big movie production companies and I, I think this is a step towards that you know it's not it's not just throwing as much cash as you have at big name actors big name directors and see what the fuck you get. Because, you know, I think we've seen Netflix get burned by that a few times. So, I had mentioned before that it's based on Noah Baumbach's personal divorce. When he was divorcing Jennifer Jason Leigh. And, you know, Charlie's experience is based on his. And Nicole's experience is supposed to be based off of his ex-wife. But... It's just funny how intimate it gets with the details because, you know, everything down to even the affair during their marriage because the affair that's shown and alluded to is actually referential to Noah Baumbach cheating on his ex-wife Jennifer with his now wife Greta Gerwig while they were filming Greenberg. <laughs> and I don't know, gee, he, he showed all that and then fucking showed her the movie and then she loved it. I, I don't know. Whatever. And that'll do it for the review recap or whatever. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend it. And even if you have, I would recommend a rewatch. See if you can pick up on things that you, that you missed or overlooked the first time you watched it. Alright, peace.
Oh, man. Talk radio? Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay, okay. 